to another edition of Crop This, the official Crop Opti podcast. Crop Opti, leaders in agronomy. For a great year on the farm, get in touch. Visit cropopti.com.au or visit the team at 100 Golf Course Road in Horsham. Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of uh, Crop This. Um, so today, joined around the table by Trav. Good afternoon, morning, depending on where you are. Depending on which state you're in. Um, Bridget. How you going? And today we're joined by uh, UPL's Territory Manager, Gav Brown. Great to have you along, Gav. Thanks, Matty. Yeah, good to be aboard. No worries. So today, yeah, um, we're just going to catch up with Gav. Obviously, um, yeah, we run quite a bit of UPL product through through the store here. So we're just, um, yeah, we're just touching base. Obviously, we'll discuss some products. Um, just have a chat about where UPL sit in the, the market, obviously globally, and, and obviously any exciting stuff that... Um, I guess coming through your company and and I guess you know just a background on what they're doing. So, but I guess firstly, Gav, probably I know you've had previous hats on in the ag industry since I've been involved. So, where did it all start for you in the ag side of stuff? So, I grew up on a uh, on the family farm in Gippsland. Um, <coughs> we were sheep and cattle farmers, um, but also grew veggies. So that's where my passion for um, for horticulture and agriculture started back in the in the seventies. And the family farm got sold and I ended up winning, um, going on to study agriculture and horticulture at Melbourne Uni. So um, for the first part, I, I was a plant breeder in the Yarra Valley. Um, did a little bit in viticulture, but yeah, worked my way through that into a, um, a horticultural marketing position with uh, Norwood Industries back in the day. And um, ended up being the uh, Asia Pacific manager for a horticultural marketing company, which was yeah, absolutely, right. absolutely fantastic and a lot of fun, a lot of travel. Um, and then a position came up for, for the Wimmera for a, um agricultural company called uh, Farmers. I don't know if I'm yeah. supposed to mention it. <coughs> no, yeah. no that's fine. No. Name names. Name names. There's no They're no longer Farmers, but yeah, came across in, to the Wimmera back in 2010. So yeah, have been here ever since. But um, joined UPL last year, um, came across to UPL as the West Victorian regional manager and now currently working as the Southern Australian uh, manager. So... Um, uh, basically reporting into Adelaide where our UPL head office is. Um, yeah, so there's about 35 employees with, with UPL in Australia. Uh, we haven't necessarily been very big in, in Australia. UPL has traditionally... Um, thanks, Trav. UPL have um, traditionally had their products um, distributed by New Farm and Bayer and, and the like, and about four or five years ago they had decided to change that and um, distribute most of their products themselves. So there's been a few acquisitions along the way with uh, UPL Global buying Arista Life Science in America. Yeah. Um, they bought Gomar Technologies in France um, and they bought Advanta Seeds, which own Pack Seeds. So yeah, right. UPL's actually had quite an evolution over the last bit of time. Um, they're number five globally. Um, they turn over about $6 billion in, in uh, ag chem products globally um, with, I think there's about 44 different um, production plants around the world in India. Um, one of the most common questions that I get asked, Matt, is what does UPL actually stand for? 
And a lot of people don't know the history of UPL. Um, we are Indian-based, but it actually stands for United Phosphorus Limited. So they started their life as a fertiliser company and have branched out into all sorts of other ag chem products. I did, I did know that, but I was worried about if I could spit phosphorus out correctly <laughs> <laughs> under pressure. <laughs> so, I just thought I'd go with UPL because it just seemed easier. It's a much easier uh, way to, to pronounce the name, so that, that's fine. But, yeah, there's, um, there's been quite a quite an evolution of UPL in Australia. So about four years ago, they decided to um, take all the brands back off the other distributors and distribute themselves. Um, and yeah, and then also have an R&D arm. So there's about a $3 million budget for Australian um, crop protection products. Obviously, we're, with the history of UPL, we're very big in um, seed treatments um, uh, and also mildicides. Um, okay. One of the a- other acquisitions that UPL had was um, they actually bought Chemtura as well. So we inherited a lot of their products. Mm. So quite a, a growing portfolio. Um, yeah, and hopefully we get to have a bit of a chat today about some of those new products coming to market. No, definitely. And I mean, it's quite, it's, it's interesting to see, like, you know, obviously where this business was before it was now, like, you know, probably companies like UPL, we probably weren't dealing a lot with, no. fair to say, Trav. Like, no, definitely <clears throat> not, no. Um, just, you know, just with the nature of the way the businesses were run beforehand. So it's good to actually get out and sort of, you know, support the companies that, you know, you probably, I think, what do you say, 35 employees over... Um, the area throughout Australia, throughout Australia. Yeah, so yeah. it's not not massive by any scale, but I mean it's it's um, and it's great to support them, and obviously we get looked after by you guys, which is great. So, um, so from an R and D point, like uh, UPL bringing, I suppose, new chemistry to the market, or, uh, as such, or is there anything in the pipeline that's um, you probably can't speak too much on it if there is, but I mean, just, you know, you've got new products coming through. Yeah, so they've probably brought about three or four to market in the last 12 months, Um, not all for Broadacre, so a lot of it doesn't necessarily apply here in the Wimmera, but um, certainly I think in the next um, two or three years there's probably another half a dozen coming through. Some of it is novel chemistry uh, and some of it is is, uh, co-formulations of the existing chemistry, so just depending on on the need, but... um, one thing that I'll give UPL is that if they see um, you know, an opportunity for a new active or, or something like that, they'll actually throw some money behind it and um, they've opened up quite a, new, uh, quite a few new um, formulation plants to try yeah. and meet demand globally. So yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to join UPL is some of the new technology coming through is quite, quite uh, appealing. Some of these formulation <coughs> plants, now you guys are sort of uh, where most guys are China, you guys are a little bit India as well, isn't that, is not that right? Or? That's right, Trev. So um, Indian based, um, it is I think 55% family owned by the Shroff family in India. Um, so yeah, they, they've um, obviously been, had a massive commitment to, to UPL and one of our mottos is open ag and that's about working closer with not only agronomists and, and, and distributors but also with growers so if there's if there is a need there that they see to help um, lift production they'll actually throw um, a little bit of money at that as part of our R&D and try and come up with a solution so that open ag uh, concept is is about breaking down barriers and making sure that we work with our customers so everyone has a win. They're not going to stick it to us this year because we beat them in the cricket. I was going to, I was going to say, I didn't <laughs> see any uh, tickets to the World Cup final there no, out of India just, at any uh, point, or did we just miss them, Gav? Or? It's actually really funny, you know. 
Yeah, I took it myself. <laughs> no. Cass been able to injure him. Yeah, that's right. I, I was there, believe it or not. UPL actually owns a cricket team over there, which you guys have been invited to come and, and, and see. So that'll be that'll be something for the future. But they're actually really down in the mouth that they actually lost the World Cup. So oh. on the phone hookups that I have with India, they're all quite sad. And, um, you know, a few months before the, the, the loss, um, they were, you know, Telling us how great the Indian team was. Oh, like yeah. yeah. They were certainly up and about, Trav. But uh, it's actually quite funny now. They're all they're all very sad. The colour budding cricketers here. Shields used to play a little bit of cricket, and was a um, he managed to get. Believe it or not, he got a he got one game in. Um, played under an alias, but uh, never mind. And. Beto actually spent some time at the uh, Pimpernay Bush Rangers. Yep. Got a duck award, wasn't yeah. he? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No. 100 and got the duck award. So. Yep. <clears throat> so, no, some avid cricketers here, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's a good little um, breakdown of the business. We might just take a, a quick break there and then we'll, duck, uh, we'll come back after that and we'll go through um, some of the key products at UPL Stock to Crop Opti. Crop this. Hello, welcome back again. Um, as said before, uh, we're just going to we're talking with Gav Brown uh, from UPL, so we're just going to touch base on probably, I suppose, the major, probably more major products we're stocking through here, Gav. Um, just that you guys are, um, <coughs> distributing. So we'll probably start with um, obviously Select Extra. Um, just sort of, I guess it's probably a product that's been around for a while, um, and I guess. It's always a question on everyone's mind. When are we going to see a, you know, a competitor a or a replacement? I suppose to that, but and maybe that's something that the UPL are working on. But obviously, I'd imagine Select Extra for you guys is probably one of your your bigger turnover products. Yeah, you're certainly <coughs> right there, Maddie. Um, Select Extra is, is a massive product for UPL. Um, it is a premium formulation. Uh, it's a painted formulation globally. So. Um, it's been in the market for a long time, as you said, but yeah, it's also um, there's lots of reasons why it's been the best probably performing clethodim in the market. I'd have to say um, there's a lot of um, R and D in the actual formulation. So, for, without getting too technical, uh, clethodim is actually um, broken down by light, and you need to store that in a shed. You don't necessarily want your clethodim out in the sunshine. Um, it will degrade quite rapidly. Uh, high temperatures and sunlight break down clethodon quite quickly. So one of the things that UPL has done is this um, this extra surfactant that they have in the formulation. So surfactants actually uh, attack the clethodon bonds within within the formulation. And um, if, you, if you store it in the sunlight for too long, it will actually degrade a little bit. So one of the things that UPL have done is is made up this formulation as it is an EC formulation, but it actually has a an epoxidised um, vegetal oil. So you can look this up on, on YouTube, Trav, and you can actually see all the technical side of things. Yeah, he's our... Um Google expert here, so. so it is. You know that information is in the market, but this is what makes um, Select Extra the premium brand. So that does have this extra um, surfactant in it that protects the clethodon molecules, so that actually when it gets out onto the onto the plant, it'll actually work a lot better. Um, there's a lot more ac- activity at the site, and without going again too technical, uh, ryegrass needs to have that clethodon absorption right at the, the growing tip, so that yeah. it actually stops the 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 um, the cells from from forming. Um, so 
yeah, quite, quite an interesting and technical product, even though it has been around for a while. A lot of people take it for granted that it's just a another grass spray, but um, yeah, it's certainly uh, a premium product and has, has proven itself for, for many years. And there's probably a lot to be said about that formulation, like, um, I mean, probably going to step on toes by saying this with some other places, but... I mean, we stock that product and we've stocked mm. quality clethodim here because when it comes to... Forever. It's just something that I'm not prepared to take, a, you know, a, a risk with, I suppose, from a quality point of view when it's a, you know, we're trying to control a weed that's so hard to kill and then we'll go and, you know, maybe try and put a product out that's, you know, not as good or, you know, might be a dollar or a litre cheaper or whatever it is, but... When it comes to quality, and, I, and as you spoke about that formulation, I think has a massive, um, you know, the way it works seems to be far better than every, every other one that we, um, any, any other one on the market. Um, but it's just, that crop safety is the one that I find the biggest thing. Like, you know, obviously we're trying to kill a weed and we're trying to get that effect, but we also want to make sure the crops looked after. And you see it so many times here when it comes to canola, yeah. um, you know, those lesser those products that aren't, you know, it's well formulated. You get a lot of that bleaching and spotting on the leaves and it's just something that um, I guess with, you know, with the select extra we don't see. I'm not saying we don't have it at all. Like obviously conditions can vary and we do see some effect, but it's certainly far more consistent than anything else on the market. You take that, mm-hmm. you take the environmental issues out of it, whether it's been a frost or something like that. And, you know, it's probably, it's, it's not just a one or two year thing this either. You know, we've seen this now for over 10 years. Um, back to when um, who originally came out with Select? It was coming over. I how, how old were you ten years ago, did <coughs> Twelve. <laughs> I was fourteen. I to think about that for a minute. I did. I was like, wait, oh, yeah. do I? Fourteen yes or not? <laughs> and, and that's the thing, you know, the the good quality clethodums and Select Extra is certainly in that bracket. That over the years we've just seen really good consistency where some of these other products out there and we, we won't name names but um, you can always buy it cheaper um, but Clefidim does seem to be that one product that quality will shine out there's there's no doubt about that and I think especially when you're mixing it with oils or anything like that like Beto was saying you know you see this spotting and that kind of thing and look the oils actually will heat it up and this is where the poorer quality ones are actually Probably for us anyway, they're, they're breaking down. So, but and it probably shows as soon as you said that the formulation was patented, didn't you? So it shows that you, you can see without even knowing exactly what's in it that there's no other clethodim brand that can be the same, you know, makeup because if it's got a patent on it, well, they'll tell you it's the same, but it's obviously it can't yeah, it's be not, the same. No, no, it's quite different. <coughs> there's no difference between glyphosate, like you can buy glyphosate but what wetter package does it have in it so it's all the other bits and pieces that are in the drums to make it work that's exactly right it's not just the active on its own but it's also the surfactants that help the chemical get within Mm. the plant so all that all that is very important yeah and like Beto said you know there's nothing coming out to replace Cletho at the moment Um, you know we've had guys around here use a bit of factor in that but I think especially when you get in the canola you want a good quality Cletho because you only get one shot at it and that's a lovely segue, thanks, Trev. So UPL is actually bringing out a, a another active, which is uh, napraamide, um, which has been around in America for a little while, but we're working on a formulation to suit the Australian market, but that's also another gr- um, gramicide that will help kill um, 
your, you know, rye grass or brome grass within canola and grain legumes. So that's hopefully going to hit the market in the next two years. Um, it, we did have a soft launch a few years ago with a WDG formulation that wasn't quite suitable for the Australian market. So we're, we, we will be bringing out an EC formulation. Yep. Cool. Oh, very good. Very good. Um, I'll be retired in two years. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. You wish. And, and look, and that's the thing, Go. Like, obviously, you know, we're seeing rates and that of, you know, we often say with glyphosate, the best thing you can add, you know, is more glyphosate to it. And, it, and it's kind of been the attitude a little bit with the clethodium side of stuff, but it's, I don't know, we seem to get to a point where it doesn't seem to make, um, you know, you, you get to a certain... A certain case. rate, and yeah, just, you can pour twice as much yeah. on and it's not going to do... Any better or any worse? So, if, if you do the math, so if you, if it's a three hundred and sixty gram active, which is select extra, and you apply that at label rates of three hundred and thirty mils, you're only really getting one hundred and twenty grams of active okay. per hectare. Yep. And so you don't actually need a lot to kill the ryegrass. You just need to be able to get it into the actual weed, and then once it's in, it's got to make its way through to that um, meristematic tissue, well, then basically the new growing tip for it to actually work. So you know. Applying more, not necessarily that much helpful. Obviously, that's off-label, but um, the important part is adding uptake or yeah. or hasten um, to help it get into the ryegrass. And then also, you know, you've got to you've got to have high water rates to make sure you get good coverage. And then I'm sure you guys have the conversations with your growers about nozzles and things like that. And you know, it's stipulated on the Frost. label. Well, spraying you, in the best conditions. Yeah, that's, we had that right. conversation in a previous podcast <laughs> about you know when's the right time. To spray and well um, the rye grass actually has to be actively growing to take up the clethodum so you know if it is frosted or it's you know stressed from drought and things like that as it all says on the label um you're not going to get the same results and we do not want to see more resistance kicking around in the Wimmera. no definitely not as you say growers will ring you and go oh you know the clethodum hasn't worked in this paddock but it's worked well in this one and you're like well it's the same clethodum it's, mm. it's all been, there's obviously been something different with the conditions you've sprayed it in or from an application timing point of view that, um, you know, is so critical. And as you say, if it's not getting into the plant, we're not going to see a result. So, Does UPL keep doing studies with, obviously they, you know, believe in select extra, considering that they've still got it patented. Do they do studies with resistant ryegrass and um, like how well it's working compared to other clethodims or not necessarily no, sort I, of I suppose up those. the more focus has been on the new actives. Yeah, um, true. Whether there's a co-formulation, you know, partner but, or a mixing partner, something like that. Yeah. So um, Devranol was the product that I was touching on before. That's probably the one that we're going to try and bring to the market yep. and hopefully it is as big as select extra clethodim. So that's something that we've been focusing on. Yeah, yeah. Certainly we do trials and we work with Adelaide University, um, Peter Botsalis there about, um, you know, that resistance issue. Yeah. Um, but like it, any chemical, it's not a silver bullet. It's about um, good stewardship and making sure the agronomist understands the message that he's got to pass on to the growers. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's cool. And that's always a hard one I find with clethodim. Like, you know, we, we work so hard from a you know, rotation point of view where we're trying to introduce so many um, groups as we can to manage ryegrass yet, you know, we'll go through a phase where we'll have canola and we'll get a clethodim across and then you might have a wheat or a barley where it misses it but then you're back into a lentil and you sort of, it's actually, until you stop and think about it, like you're actually using clethodim, we're, we're pushing it very, very, very hard compared to a lot of the other products that we sort of, you know, we, we take that process, you go, right, I will do this with this one and this one and this one um, and then you sort of go, well, geez, hang on, this is a 
two hits of clethodim in this pulse year and then we follow it up with a canola the next year and it's actually probably the hardest one to manage, I think. And I think that is pre-emergence especially, you know, we're looking at trying to take away that pressure early as well because we know the clethodim's not working as well as what it used to. So, And we know there's guys out there and if you're listening, we know you're spraying the frost, so <laughs> try not to tour, please. So... <laughs> Um, all right, well, that probably covers that off. Like I said, it's it's certainly our product of choice here just from that, um, I think, basically that formulation point of view. But probably one product that um, we use a little bit more this year and obviously really the first time I dealt with it last year was um, up, Uplift, which is one of your uh, key fungicides, Gav. Yeah, so Uplift is um, 280 grams of uh, azoxystrobin and 120 grams of prothioconazole, which are probably known around the world as the two strongest fungicides um, in in a co-formulation in an SE as well. Um, Really good uptake within the plant and really good control. So there's a bit of kickback control as well, so up to a week after you you notice disease. But obviously most agronomists will tell you that if you go hard and go early, you're going to get a better result. So um, Uplift is a high load so um, really low application rates Um, if you go in early you get really good control and there's been really good evidence and we're really happy with the results that we've had in the Wimmer over the last couple of years Um, exceptional control of stripe rust Um, some of the results we've seen over the last two years has been fantastic so yeah certainly um, very happy with the launch of of Uplift Um, obviously they're two actives that have been around for a while but it is a patented again patented formulation to make sure that it's um, readily available within the plant to, to make sure that it's protected. Um, so current registrations on that Gav where's it registered in and I believe hopefully you've got some new registrations new coming through. Out. That's correct Maddie. so um, we launched it with within cereals so wheat and barley um, and now we, we're expecting the APVMA to give us registration for um, canola and grain legumes and um, oats as well so certainly um, getting uh, Oh slab uh, That's a slab. slab of beer Phone's ringing Phone's ringing <coughs> It, start, it started raining, so, you know, the tricoper uh, and... Tricoper and that, they're on the go, yeah. so... Glyphosate and all those Mom's things. Saying, don't <laughs> yeah. forget the milk. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, it's actually been uh, a great launch for, for Uplift and um, with the label extension, obviously here in Victoria, those actives are already registered in multiple crops, so we're not expecting too much of a, a pushback from the APVMA and hopefully we'll have that good news in the new year. So how does that process happen? Like, obviously, the two actives are, are already registered in other products. Um, you know, there's competitor products that the grams active might be different, but it's, so is it is it as simple as, you know, it's the same as this product, so we shouldn't have an issue, or do you still have to go through the exact same, produce all the data, um, trials after trials, or is it a little bit simpler if it's a situation like that rather than a new product? That's a really good question. So if it's like for like, it, it's it's actually very easy to have registered, but um, as I was mentioning, we've actually got a patented formulation which is different to everything else on the market, which we believe puts in, in a, a superior sort of position to help control um, outbreaks, and um, that is where you you know have to put more time in and, and, yep. and prove that that formulation is as good as everything yep. else that's on the market and is actually going to do what it says so that you know everyone's up front and knows what's going on and the farmer can see exactly what's what it's supposed to do so i think the big ones in the last sort of 12 months have really been um obviously the rust epidemic uh the other year um you know prothioconazole is probably 
it's probably always been a product that's always been too expensive for a lot of growers. They've sort of looked at it and gone, nah, look, I'm just, just too dear. Um, I think nowadays the tebiconazole and propiconazoles are probably sort of moving out of the market a little bit and, you know, the epoxy is probably maybe becoming that new cheaper end product, which is doing a reasonable job. Um, but definitely, you know, even the visual effects and the way that Prothio sort of works compared to some of these other ones, it's a lot more grunty. And I think, you know, we've hit a bit of a run, I suppose, of, of wet weather in the last few years and definitely having that um, better fungicide out there. It's paying dividends, that's for sure. Definitely, Trev. I think those two actives are known around the world as being you know, quite strong. And as you mentioned, everything is going through a, a sort of a, um, evolution of what actives are, are working. And as you know, probably only controls 95%, even the best products only might only control 95 to 99%, you're always going to have those um, populations and biotypes that survive and um, yeah, you know, become the problem in the next generation. So we're always looking for new fungicides. and. I, you know, hopefully I'll have some news for you on that in the new years to a couple of new fungicides um, looking at septoria control as well, yeah. um, which is, is quite interesting. Um, but, yeah, certainly um, it's working well now and uh, hopefully we get a few more years out of it before we have to go to something else. Oh, look, and I think that's where Teb and Prop are at the moment. They're sort of on the outer and um, the epoxy is probably, you know, unfortunately going to probably be the next one on the outer too as things evolutionise a little bit. That's for sure. And it's one of those things too, like, you know, probably you go back six or seven years when we're having leaner years, like there were probably products, you know, anything with the Zoxystrobin in it, you weren't really considering because of a, a, a price point of view. But then, you know, once we started to have those better seasons and you could see the benefit from it and, you know, as we continue to go and now that people are comfortable with it, we're going to have to look at starting to, to manage that from, you know, a, a resistance point of view, the same as we do with, you know, our herbicide. So we continue to run these products at some point, we're going to um, all of a sudden something's not going to work real well. So if we're not smart and clever with that, we're going to run into the same issues as we have with you know, glyphosates and, and clethodemes, etc. I, th- I think the green leaf <coughs> benefit too is probably another thing about the azoxy. Um, you know, we've seen in the past that it gives us that little bit more green leaf, and sometimes you know when there's a bit of moisture around late, if you can keep that flag hanging on just a fraction longer you do seem to get some grain fill out of it so and you know studies have shown that you know if you have that green leaf retention there's no area for um or host for for that um disease to come into the crop so obviously if you see the 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 natural senescence of a of a cereal crop the lower leaves are drying off they become the target of that fungal spore and that's how it gets into your crop so if you can keep it greener for longer you're absolutely right trev you're going to get a better result not very often I'm wrong, Gav. <laughs> Haven't you worked that out by now, Gav? Uh, we might just take another quick break and then uh, we'll duck back. Um, we've got one more product we'll run through to finish off with. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of seconds. Crop this. All right, Gav, just to finish off, thought we might run through, um, obviously, well, I was only aware it sort of popped up this year, you'll probably correct me and say it's been out for quite a while, but um, Shenzi, which is an insecticide, uh, you've got on the market currently, or this year. Yep, that only got launched in August this year, uh, Maddie. So um, a new insecticide, not that it's a new active ingredient to Australia, but um, I'll get um, Bridge to 
mention the name, the active. How do you, how do you go and pronounce it? No, I'd have to, I'd have this to is a stitch-up. No, there you go. Stitch up. It's about no, no. six syllables long. Chloro, yeah. Chlorantranilipyrrol. I'll give you a pass on that That's one. That's pretty good. Chlorantranilipyrrol. Oh, it's close. Well, it kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit. No, it doesn't. It does. He's practised this. Most people in the industry just call it CTPR, which I would have given you points for that, if you had to come up with that. It's a lepidopter control for grain legumes. Shenzi's, um, yeah, just got launched this year and, and it's probably got a, more of a home in horticulture, but it does have a registration in grain legumes, so for lentils and broad beans and things like that, and um, faber beans, sorry. So this is, this is, is it fair to say this is probably a product that's a lot safer on the, I guess, the beneficial side, which uh, we, we've, you know, in the last two or three years been doing a little bit of work in this space to try and not so much... Um, you know, stuff it down people's throat, but just sort of make people aware that there are better ways to probably do it to maybe, you know, as as the years progress, we seem to be losing a few products and unfortunately insecticides seem to be the ones that probably are under the microscope a lot more than others. So, you know, certain cool. products like this that where we can, um, you know, do the job we need to, yes, it probably costs us a little bit more, but in the long run, um, potentially is going to actually be... Um, better for us, especially if we start to lose some of these products. Especially <coughs> chlorpurifos at the moment, it's definitely under the microscope and sounds like it's probably going to get banned at this stage. So, you know, there's going to be some issues around that going forward, that's for sure. Definitely. So this sort of fits the, the portfolio that UPL have launched in the last little bit of time. Obviously, uh, flanicamid, which is sold under the brand name Main Man, is another one. Do you reckon you could say that one, Ditch? No. Flamicopid? I like that. There you go. That's pretty good, actually. Say it quick and then you don't know. That's right. You just mumble (laughs) and everyone goes, oh, that's flamicopid. So flamicopid is another IPM-friendly insecticide, which is mainly used in canola in the Wimmera for aphid control. So not necessarily going to be needed every year, but it's another option and it's sort of a suite of products that are coming out that are, you know, in their own groups, much more friendly on the environment and and beneficial insects. So that seems to be the whole trend of the of the industry globally, um, yeah, which is pretty exciting when when new things come out, don't they? Oh, absolutely. And I think you know I know Beto and Dig here. Um, I'm not going to say I have heaps, but um, definitely done a lot of work around IPM, and you know they've got a really good understanding of it. And I think you know. Some of the things that are seen and talked about in that space, and especially with losing products like Lopurifos eventually, um, you know, having these beneficials is so super important, um, especially when it comes to whatever, eating whatever. Um, I'm not going to go on <laughs> You that. can tell Trav's been in the IPM stuff Some a lot. Some bugs and other bugs and they can <coughs> eat X amount and Diginos all that, so I don't need to. But, um, you know, it's definitely a, a big thing going forward, I think, this whole IPM, the whole IPM management. So, Well, if you get those, you know, good bugs, in inverted commas, helping you to control the bad ones, then obviously that's that's benef- benefit for everyone, really. Mm. So, yeah, just exciting to see that new chemistry is coming through and obviously that's the whole challenge of the industry um, is to come up with that new active that, that works better and cheaper and faster and all the rest. And it's good too that a lot of these new products coming through seem to be very low odour and actually low like low use dosage rate. use rates too, which I think is another thing that, I mean, no one likes, there's certain times when we have to, we just have to use a product, an insecticide for whatever reason it is and, you know, there's nothing worse than getting something you nearly got to, hold your nose and it's terrible to handle and deal with and um, 
you know, these newer products are obviously lower use and, and low odour, which is obviously something that, you know, companies like yourself are focusing on as well. It's been exciting really um, in the industry, especially out of Europe, with the, the whole focus on making sure that the new chemistry is safe to, to basically everything um, as long as it does the job. You know, that's certainly the whole shift in the industry I've noticed over the last couple of years, how that's all happening. And it's just putting pressure on the R&D facilities, but, you know, that's that's probably a good thing um, to come up with that next thing that, that helps out. So, I think we even notice more in the paddock, don't we, like, you know, treating grain at the time of sowing to keep the bugs off it. Um, you know, we don't want to be coming back and just annihilating everything with demethoate all the time. And, you know, we do see it a little bit nowadays and you're sort of going, well, you know, why are you killing all your bugs? Like, you know, half of them are probably good and having a good seed treatment early and then, you know, managing that is becoming so super important that we just don't want to be wiping out the whole population. And like you said, Trav, with chlorpyrifos being so under the mic at the moment, um, yeah, like if that leaves leaves the table, what does that really give people in in way of pre-insecticide for canola? Because I don't know what eats a wireworm ditch. I know you two uh, probably do. Carabid, carabid beetle carabid larvae. beetles, larvae. Yes. Will yep. eat a wireworm. They so. do. Mm. No, it's certainly, it's certainly a, a space that, I don't know, a lot of people don't give a lot of thought to and it's something, you know, as I said before, we've uh, taken a fair interest in just because, you know, uh, I guess it's kind of like trying to pre-plan what's going to happen in the next, you know, four or five years. Like it may not be a massive issue now because we do have these products, but if all of a sudden we lose them, or at least if we put some, I guess, stepping stones or building blocks, I suppose, or whatever you want to call it, in, in place, you know, to try and tackle it, um, hopefully we'll be in a better position when we do lose some of these products going oh. forward. And a good example of that is <coughs> Haloxifop, where the EU banned Haloxifop residues in canola oh. going into their, into their market. So, you know, our market might be seen as being remote from the rest of the world, but, yeah, if you want to export your product overseas, they might demand that you don't have those residues in there. So it bans that product totally. Which we're seeing a lot more of or hearing of. And, and, and like it or not, whether it's herbicide, insecticide or whatever, like, you know, the... I guess the paper trail now that, you know, a lot of people that are buying grain now want to know what, what's been on it and they want to know everything that's happened. And I mean, there is a small premium there for growers, you know, to follow through with that. But, I mean, at the moment that premium, you know, a lot will argue that it's not worth the, the hassle. But it may get to a point where if, you, if you're going to receive an extra, you know, 50 to to $100 a tonne, you know, by mm. disclosing everything you've put on there, well, having good products like this and, and products that are going to, you know, improve your farming side of things or the longevity of your farming enterprise is, is, is going to be worth exploring so um, and I guess that's what we've been trying to do with with the bit of IPM stuff um, we've been doing so it'll be a product that'll fit into that um, going forward and it's surprising already the amount of growers you know that a product like Shenzi that you know they're priced a lot dearer than some of the others and you know typically growers have gone nah I'm not spending 25 or 35 dollars a hectare on a on an insecticide when I can do the same job for three or four. Um, it's amazing how much the mindset's starting to change just out there that, you Absolutely. know, it, it is becoming, people are, are becoming aware of what's going on and, um, you know, they're looking to do a better job. Totally agree, Matty. That's, that's exactly right. All right, well, we might um, 
We might call that uh, a wrap, I suppose. And, we, haven't, uh, we haven't got Woz as well today. No, because, we don't have um, Woz as well. Woz is not in on this one. Woz is not so in on this one. So we won't throw Didge under the fire. We'd give her nothing to... Um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, can but, tell you, I can tell you a fact. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah, no, it's not, it's not interesting fact at all. Fact Friday? Yeah, um, Shenzi's a name of a hyena on the Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, there we well, go. Well done, a useless, a useless <laughs> well That's done, really important. That <laughs> Thank you. Super. Thank that you. Is, but no, you get, give you your own <laughs> you'll get your own segment running that. That is unbelievable. Do you just Disney segments? Yeah. Disney. <laughs> <laughs> but no, look, obviously, Gav, thanks very much for your time today. Um, you know, you look after us well, obviously, here, and obviously, um, hopefully... We'll continue that relationship going forward. So, yeah, from all of us, thanks for your time today. It's uh, It's been great. And obviously, yeah, when this podcast comes out, people will get a better understanding of sort of where UPL sit in the, in the market. And, um, yeah, when they're using their products, they'll um, – well, when they don't work, they'll know who to ring to uh, get stuck into. So uh, That's thanks very much, Gav. No, I really appreciate the invitation and the opportunity. Obviously, we've identified you guys as being, you know, working really hard for the growers, and that's really notable. Um, you, you're quite happy to back the, the premium products, and you're making sure that the growers are getting the best out of what they're doing. So we're happy to partner with um, Crop Opti and, yeah, look forward to a long and happy future. No worries. All right. Well, everyone, enjoy the weekend, and um, hopefully uh, it has been raining. So hopefully this rain stops, and we can uh, continue with harvest and get that done. So more worried about me fertilizer pit. Well, oh, yeah, <laughs> your fertilizer pit was full of water again. So another pool. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Nah, thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, See guys. ya.